Big Takes, episode 30. This is the week the MLB starts. The week we have been waiting for forever. Steve Scott, give me a big take. What do you got? You know, I didn't even think of a big take. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to have to go ahead and say that Stardew Valley is a complicated game. It's way too complicated for me. On, on Nintendo Switch. So there you go. That's, uh... Think about that for a little while. Hey, no, I shocked you. Yeah. I know it hurts to hear that, but it's a hard game, dude. Okay. Woo. Not hard. Anyways. Not hard game at all. Carry it's time-consuming. Carry on my way with sun. Yeah. All right. All right next. Uh, yeah, Josh, lay it on me. Big take. All right, so within at least six months, we're going to see Rob Gronkowski have his own TV show. Okay. You know what? That's something we're going to Big take reversal. Gronk's coming back. Oh. Medi- By week 10. Mediocre take. Oh, week 10? Okay, that's kind of big. Week 10. Okay. There you go. Gilly? What? What's he doing? Gilly, you're muted. I am? Yeah. Sorry. Wow. I took, a, I took a bite of pizza and I didn't want anyone to hear it. Um, mastication nation. Just didn't think that was... I mean, maybe that is what word. people want. I, I, actually, big take. Subscribe to my ASMR channel. Um, Get out! <laughs> I started a rumor about myself that I, I did one of those oh <laughs> at work, and it was awesome. Everyone's like, "Wait, are you like joking?" It's like, no, and then I, I had to fess up. And they're like, "Where's the link?" Um, <laughs> dark, this is the darkest timeline. So so fucking calling me right now with the nerve. He knows what time. Whatever. Um, big no. take. This is this is just like a thought I had, but. Um, I think that James Harden has – I guess this is a big take. Uh, James Harden has almost single-handedly uh, like n- made big point performances not matter as much slash like be a big deal. Do you know Do you know what James Harden did against the Spurs last week? No, I do not. No. He dropped 61. I didn't even know. Exactly. No it wasn't. It's like yeah. Exactly. It's it's wild, and he's having a crazy year. I don't even know in terms of MVP race. I, I think it's going to be a toss up between Harden and Giannis. Giannis might win it as like a first time type deal in terms of like storyline. But uh, my big take is that James Harden is you know, on a great way. Like you know, what I mean, good for him because he's doing it so often. But devaluing the meaning of like huge scoring games. It's like when Kobe would drop sixty, it'd be a huge deal. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. he literally did it against the Spurs, too. It's, like, not a bad... It's not like it's a dumpster fire of a team. Spurs are solid. Uh, they are. Um, There's yeah. both the Celtics. Yeah. True. That was not, not fun to watch. But, yeah, that's that's my big take slash just random thought that occurred to me. Sometimes I, I, I have a ton of uh, Twitter drafts, and that's what I, I just pulled that from this past week. That's how I just pulled it right now. 
I some days actually fun fact, Miguel Trilligan, I'll just scroll through and choose a random drafted tweet from ages ago and just send it because it's just like sometimes it's not relevant at all. Um but sometimes it's awesome. Like this one. This is a quote um I'm a knife <laughs> I'm in a knife fight here and I'm holding a dildo made of American cheese. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to know what that's from. End. No, I have no idea. Oh. Wait, wait, wait one second. I want to I got to double check and confirm. Damn, I had a big take but I forgot what it was and it's pissing me off. Oh, what the hell was it from? Now I'm second guessing. Oh, Succession on HBO. That's what it's from. Phew. Okay. Yeah, I never would have guessed that if you gave me a billion yeah. tries. Isn't that a great quote though? Yeah, it sounds like you're fucked. <laughs> exactly. You know what? That's another hot take. Top 10 show of 2018 was Succession on HBO. You haven't watched it? Give it a chance. Oh my lord, I forget about that every time. Forget about what? what? HBO? No, just I thought about Oliver not watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know. Oh that is God. the biggest travesty. Oh, I remember Oliver's my big terrible. take. I remember my big take. You guys remind oh, me. Oh, no, it's going to be Thrones. Or no, 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 it's not. But it's something that Thrones. the uh, oh. I'm in the minority of the population with. All right, see you, Steve. He just left, and now he came back. All right, anyways. Because Gilly's eating pizza. So I got in some Twitter, Twitter beef about this <laughs> over the weekend. Pineapple, 100%, absolutely no doubt about it, belongs on pizza. And that is definitely a hill I will die on. Bacon and pineapple pizza is top tier. Okay. I'll go to my grave saying that. I don't have an issue with that. Okay. I've I, never been one. I no. think it's... I think making a pizza, like most cooking, is an art. And sometimes bold decisions have the most redeeming... Tastes. I don't right. know. I've never had bacon in, uh, with pineapple pizza. That's the though, thing. Is like just, ham and, just typical Hawaiian. Right. Ham and pineapple is like pretty good. But one day yeah. I was like, you know, bacon's just so much better than ham. What if I throw bacon on there instead of ham? It's life-changing. It's fantastic. That's dope. Sorry, I'm aggressively searching for my Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> like, it's... Well, it's not... That would give out spoilers. Maybe I shouldn't... Don't do that. Josh, are you a anti pineapple on pizza guy? Um ugh, I'm not anti, but I and I eat it, but I don't necessarily <laughs> like it. Huh? It's I, I mean, don't get me it, wrong, it's not my favorite. You know what they say yeah, about I pizza. I think it though. has a place within reason. But if you're putting like pineapple and like spinach, yeah, get the fuck. <laughs> Definitely need some type of meat on there to go with it. Like, I'm not putting just pineapple on my pizza, typically. I'll have bacon or ham on there. Typically bacon. But, that's just my pick. Anyways, those are our big takes, our opening big takes. Uh, in a little bit, we'll get to our interview with recurring, now recurring guest, Terry Cushman. He is being gracious enough to give us some time before the season starts. We had him on um, before the playoffs last year, and what, was some, that a mistake? It, oh, <laughs> no, no, we had some good conversation. Curry. You know, good back and forth. He 
doesn't agree with a lot of things we say, so it makes for really good content. We're looking forward to you guys hearing that interview. But before we get to baseball talk, some sad, sad news for Patriots fans. While most of us probably understand where Gronk is coming from, he has decided to call it quits playing in the NFL. 29 years old, going on 30. This would be his age 30 season. Um, So first, what is your favorite Gronk moment? Like, Josh, I know you're not a Patriots fan, but you're a fucking Gronk fan. We all know that. Everybody's a Gronk fan. So, like, what's your favorite Gronk moment that comes to mind? I mean, I don't watch the Patriots actively, um, but trying to think... I mean, honestly, just his media days in general so funny. Like, in some of them are so, like, rude. <laughs> but oh, <yeah. laughs> it's, I just, it's like, yeah, like, the whole thing this year on Media Day was, like, bad, kind of. But I also was like, <laughs> it's just Gronk. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know it's what's just, crazy. just, like, who he is. Yeah, he's, like, just a funny guy. And I, I think more of the stuff I like about Gronk is just more who he is as a person. Like, the dude, it's a smart dude. Like, he never... I spent a dime. Well, I can't say that figuratively, but like he, they say, he's never spent a dime on his like game day like checks or anything like For that. that too. All Only his yeah. uh, endorsements and stuff that he spends. Yeah, money. That, that's so smart. You know, he's living. You know, he's stashing his money away just like anybody else would for retirement. And well, yeah, he made a lot of money. So you know, more power to him, and he's going to get those endorsements. Wild thing. Yeah, they're going. not going away. You're right. That, no, uh, no. Yeah, he's going to keep them. He's still going to be relevant, like through and through. Especially if he has that TV show, like my big take. I, I just. What is it going to be about? Because that's one thing where it's like, if he was dating could, someone, dude, imagine you would the, Car- the Kardashians e, are famous. Imagine a show. Are you kidding me? That'd be pretty boss. Could be good. Could be really bad. We don't know. But <laughs> if, even if it's really bad, the Kardashians are really bad. So who cares? Did you? I learned this year because of Gronk that six times nine plus six plus nine equals sixty-nine. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's funny. <laughs> Wait. So, how many seasons did Gronk play overall? Nine. Nine, and he's how old? Twenty-nine. Oh, so he was drafting. Sorry. So, just to compare, which I do think is completely wild. Um. Oh, I wanted to pull. Stats too. My bad. My bad. Hang on. Give me one sec. Talk about something else. All right. My favorite Gronk. I a couple Gronk moments come to mind. Um, the touchdown against the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Steelers, where he caught a touchdown in the end zone and he like pointed and laughing at the guy, and then Gronk spike. <laughs> That's an all-time yeah. classic. Uh, his game against the Colts a few years ago, where uh, he threw. You know, he was like, you know, he was talking all game, so I decided to throw him out the club. Another all-time Gronk moment and an all-time Gronk game. He fucking popped off that game. And basically, like, obviously he wasn't the same receiver as he his dominant former dominant self was. But when it came down to it in the playoffs, even especially in the Super Bowl, Gronk was the most clutch tight end ever. And obviously, I'm biased, but he's... I think easily the most dominant tight end we have, we've ever seen, and 
very easily you can argue he's the best tight end we've ever seen. Statistically, he won't because he doesn't have the time that Gates and Tony Gonzalez have. But he was, I think he's easily the most dominant we ever saw. We'll never see somebody as good at receiving and blocking as he was because he was the best blocking tight end in the league forever. He was the best receiving tight end in the league forever for you know seven, eight straight years. So, Gronk, love you, and thank you. True. So, can I throw some of those stats out there now? Lay it on us. I think I think it's wild that I mean they kind he kind of had like a little under half the games played than Tony Gonzalez, who he played seventeen years in the league, right? So, little under half the yards. That's wild. Okay, and then he had little again, little under half of the receptions. And then touchdowns. Touchdowns is what baffles me because Gronk had 79 touchdowns in 115 games. Tony Gonzalez had 111 in 270. Is that including playoffs? I believe so. I think it is too. Yeah, it's – dude. That's – he was on pace to shatter that touchdowns record. Was that the 2011 or 2012 year where he had like 18 touchdowns or something? He had like 1,300 yards, okay. like 17, 18 touchdowns. Gronk was just on another fucking level for that. You it know. was. Dude. So he had 17 touchdowns, 1, 000, uh, 1,327 yards, 90 receptions in 2011. Yeah, that's what, his second year in the league too, dude? That's yep. just fucking nuts. That, oh, dude. And Gronk's, he's like one of the guys nowadays that, He's he's kind of like you know the Vince Wolf or or like Gerard Mayo like we we saw him get drafted we saw him play his career he was Gerard Mayo was a very good linebacker for the Patriots for a long time not the best ever like Gronk was but we get to see them throughout their entire career just flourish and gr- watching Gronk do it unlike th- unlike anything else. What do you think? Sorry, have you even said your take about Gronk, Kelly? I'm sorry. Like no, it's okay. No, 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 go on. Go on. I'll, I'll go on. Um, so what I was going to say is, maybe I just lost it. Oh, would he, if he decided to stay, say he had like an average career and went till he was like 34 even, what is that, five more years? Do you think he stays on the Patriots for that entire like tenure? No, not if he declines. So, I don't know. I mean, that's, Remember last like, year, he was like, I'm not... He was almost traded. Right, but he said he would retire if he got traded, so there's no benefit there. True, True but at the same time, it's like, of any guys, I, uh, of any like GM or coach in the league, Belichick would be like, Gronk, he's not worth whatever his cap hit is. It's like, alright, time to kind of move on. That's you know a, what I mean? I think he... If he were to play, I think the only way he would move on is if Brady retired. Once Brady retired, I could see him moving on. And does this persuade Brady anymore? That's no, my... this does not change Brady's decision at all. I mean, Gronk was blocked great all for the most most of the year, actually, if not the whole year that he was active. But I mean, he didn't put up crazy numbers at all this year. This is his worst year. And even that, it was still like a respectable year. It's he still, still, he still had like fifty catches, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. But at the same time, I mean, to be honest, going into the playoffs, because I don't know, I, obviously I had faith and believed in the Pats to make a run. But at the same time, throughout the year, I was thinking, oh, no, 
if Gronk wanted to go out on top, last year might have been his year to do so. You know what I mean? To like really be to kind of end on a, a super high note. Yeah, he ended up being it worked out immensely. Like even though he didn't have the strongest season statistics, um, at the same time he had the biggest catch in the Super Bowl, which is probably my favorite Gronk moment, just because of the recency bias there. Um, there's so many other ones, even just like stupid, silly ones, like the uh, even just. The, He's got to be the most fun Patriot like of our lifetime. Easily. easily. Not even close. Maybe even like favorite. Like obviously Tom Brady is on another level in terms of like performance and stuff. But as a personality, even just all of sports, there's nothing compared to Kronk. Like and no one compares. That's not even just keeping it in New England either. Like you said, yeah. all of sports. Kronk is one of a kind and we'll never exactly. see a personality like Kronk again personality that doesn't care slash is just like so fun loving and kind of like oafish and not not dumb per se but like just kind of goofy uh, i don't know goofy fun loving yeah exactly but then to also back it up and be literally arguably the best at his position of all time that's yeah. just baffling like you know what i mean like the, yeah there are guys that's like nick young being like arguably the best shooting guard in history like or something Young, like that. It's like he's not even James that lovable. Young, you know it's I mean? like if Harden had Nick Young's personality. Yeah, exactly. We're just like, oh, this dude, I can like this guy's wild. How is he this good? Right. Um, but yeah, so so that I mean, Tide Pod commercials. That's another like big. Even though it's not like a single moment, just the fact that he did those is just hysterical to me. Um, the Yo, Yo Soy Fiesta thing. That's I. I kind of want to get that T-shirt now that he's he's done. Um, like you, you mentioned Oliver, the that shrugging off was it like Ike Smith or something like that. Uh, the Steelers and just like yeah. laughing, doing like the belly laugh oh, celebration. Um, and then hilarious. his parades are always incredible too, in terms of how he acts uh, during the uh, on the duck boats there, chugging beers and shit like that. For sure. I don't so know. I have one more memorable Gronk moment, also not related to football either. But it was funny. Did you guys go to the thing at URI to meet him? No, I think I was a senior in high school. So I went to that. <laughs> and I forgot the third option. But somebody in the crowd, because they were taking crowd um, things. And after the question was asked, um, he was like, oh, yeah, uh, don't nobody put this out on Twitter. Because it was like it was like marry one, kill one, and fuck one, right? <laughs> and it was like Tim Tebow, uh, Betty White, and I think Bill Belichick. <laughs> I think I think I forgot what the third one is, but I think Bill Belichick's the right one. But it was definitely Tim Tebow, Betty White, and Bill Belichick. And I think he said, um, <laughs> "Marry Betty White, fuck Tim Tebow, and kill Bill Belichick." <laughs> So, <laughs> whoever the third one was, it was super like, oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, it's legendary. Um, he, he wanted to fuck Tim Tebow, so just throwing it out there that Gronk just wants to smash Tim Tebow. I mean, if you knew, you'd be his first. I mean, there's some value there. <laughs> He's got. You got a good point. I don't. I've never thought about that until now, but that's wild. So I'd at least be everybody. Everybody had a good laugh at that one. But that was an awesome time. Like he was a cool dude too. Like I went right up to him. I had my roadie football shirt on. He was like, "Oh, you play here?" I was like, "Yeah, man." Like, I mean, I get hurt once in a while. He was like, "Ah, we all once in a while." (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty sweet. It's cool. It's just an awesome dude. That's why I always liked him, even though he's Patriot. I want to see him around Westerly when uh, he and Camille are kind of in the area because she's from Connecticut. 
Well, so he still donates to that uh, Be Strong or D Strong thing. Yeah. Uh, for Dorian, what was his last name? I can't remember it now. I remember who you're talking about. I remember yeah, the kid, Dorian the kid Murray. Died of, Murray, yeah, thank you. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of his last name, but uh kid who died of cancer. But he's always down here with them, I guess, because, you know, I have people that I work with say it, that, like, he's still active with that and stuff, so sure. that's good. He used to hang out with downtown Westerly a little bit. Yeah. Really. Kind of went Hollywood on us, but... I mean, he used to live in Providence. I mean, so I'm sure he's scoping out the area. All right. Well, Steve is still having trouble reconnecting. That's why you haven't heard him in a while. Not sure what's up there. But before we get to our interview with Terry Cushman, we have some of our own MLB preview slash prediction takes we're going to get out there. So first, we're going to go over some sleeper teams you think could sneak into the playoffs this year. So... Um, what do you, who, who you guys got your eye on this year? As far as sleeper teams are concerned. Yeah. This it's weird. Cause you know, um, that's the story of the off season has been teams just don't want to win right now. And you heard Chris Sale mention it during his, uh, his press conference. He's just like, when you find a team that wants to win, when not a lot of teams are trying to do that, you want to stay with them and win as much as you can. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the Chris Hale extension here in the interview, but um, so anyway, sleeper teams. What do you got? Um, I had a couple ideas here. I again, it's like it all depends on what. I guess the consensus top fives that we gave last week. Obviously, none of those teams really fall under that category. So, right. first team that at least comes to mind as being like a maybe not even a division winner to be honest with you, um, but like a wild card contender slash. Kind of an unexpected. Eh, I, I feel like some people are hyping them up, but the Mets. I, I like what they did, to be honest. And I feel like the, the NL East. They might just like beat each other up. Um, Don't, yeah, the, I wouldn't be surprised could, if that. Yeah. yeah, sorry, but I wouldn't be surprised if that division winner is at like eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, just because all every team except the Marlins has a legit chance to win the division, in my opinion. I think I, I like what the Phillies did, obviously, as we kind of all did, um, based on our our preview last week uh, kind of going over that but at the same time I, I do think that the Mets have an interesting uh, kind of makeup there got a lot of bats even without Cespedes like assuming he's not going to be in I think that they've got some some nice young guys that should be able to uh, perform and, uh, and I don't know any rotation with the Grom and uh, Syndergaard uh, and even Wheeler too it's like that's a nasty top three yeah um, yeah that's that's probably mine I'll, I'll try to think of more but I'll let you guys talk I'll hang up and listen now. Okay, okay. I'll go next. <laughs> then. So I'm going to give one NL, maybe two NL, and one AL. Okay. For we'll NL, one. NL, this team has been kind of hyped up too because of the moves they made in the offseason, but I think the Reds can make some noise. Um, Ooh, that is a good one. I do believe in them as well. Uh, Another like, cluttered division. Right. I don't think any of those teams are going to be like really bad, you know? Most, most teams... Most divisions have a team Pirates, but, yeah. that is going to be really bad. But even the Pirates, I don't think they're going to be fucking terrible. Oh, come on. I don't think they they're going to be terrible. They won't win 80 games. They'll be like I think they'll low be, 70s, high 60s. I think they'll be high, I think they'll be high 70s, I think. Dude, what do they have? Bullpen. Oh, and they're going to trade Vasquez. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they will. But, eh. but I don't know. Um... 
They got a, a decent rotation. Archer, Tyone, Trevor Williams, all pretty. Uh, Archer, we'll see if he can be good. But Trevor Williams was really good last year, and Tyone is you know supposed to take that big next step. Like I feel like Tyone is kind of similar to what Nola was last year, honestly. That's that's the hope, Oliver. Yeah, but, that's, uh, why I, that's why I reached on. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's the fair. That's fair. But yeah, that division is going to be tight, tight, tight. I think all year, but especially the top end. I still think the Cubs are going to be good, right? And the Brewers almost made to the World Series. The Cardinals made improvements. So those top four teams, I can easily see all finishing within like five games of each other by the year end. But I like the Reds as a sleeper team. AL. Um, I think I kind of mentioned. I think we kind of talked about this a while ago, but even though they didn't land Machado, I still think the White Sox can be kind of sneaky this year. Um, obviously, well, that's a classic open, wide open division, right? Too. That's like, the thing. Other is... than the Indians are kind of doing the weird thing where they're trying to play both sides and contend now, and then be have a, the best farm system. But at the same time, it's like uh, Jose Ramirez, and I know Steve's not here to kind of talk about it at all. Um, I don't think that injury is as bad as it was feared to be, but like the fact that Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor this early have had like semi-severe scares, at least health-wise, that's not a great sign. Because if you lose those two guys, they're probably just, I mean, their pitching rotation is still nasty, but at the same time, they're uh, the distance between teams. That's that's like 200 runs right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's their lineup without them, realistically? Now that they tried to, I don't know, they cut costs, got rid of Edwin. Certain, Brantley, Brantley yeah, exactly. They're kind of cutting costs on the lineup side of things. And I, I like certain guys in that, that lineup, but at the same time, without those two, oof, I don't know. I hear you. But I feel like the only really bad team in that division is going to be the... Uh, actually, yeah, the Tigers and Royals are both going to stink. But the Twins and White Sox are both interesting teams to me. Uh, Damn you. If, yeah, you want, you want to talk about the Twins? Because they're not really my... I, I want to stick with the White Sox as my sleeper team. So, if you have the Twins, let me hear something about them. Um, well, obviously, I really like their pitching. Um, obviously. Because of Barrios. Oh, God. Barrios is going to go like 15-3. and three. You watch. I don't know if that's a big take or it's not. It's a lot of no but... decisions. <laughs> it's a lot of no decisions. That's a big take. Unless he's only going to make like 20 starts. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Also I mean, they team. could also be that team that has a lot of no decisions. <laughs> um, but they have scope. Um, hopefully Miguel Sano um, boosts up a little bit, too. I love uh, Polanco as well. Um, I mean, Eddie, your boy Tyler Austin. Marwin Gonzalez, Byron Buxton. I mean, they have a good, like, Won't decent team. sleep on CJ Crone. Oh, oh Eddie Rosario. Up. I don't know how he's been, like, hyped up in every league, but... <laughs> I mean, Wait, I guess, Tyler Austin you know, won a starting job, by the way. I'm sorry to cut you off. Did he really? No, no, yeah. Yeah, he did. That's wild. And so and Nelson Cruz. I mean, I think their lineup is pretty decent. I mean, it, yeah, they have, like, Odorizzi and Pineda and, you know, guys like that pitching. I forgot but, they had Pineda. I mean, yeah. they're not great. They're not great, but there's potential there, it's... you know. And, you know, your boy, your boy, the manager, the Rhode Island Born Rhode Island bred, uh, Baldelli. Marco Baldelli. Yep. Oh, oh. Yeah. and even you even mentioned so, Byron Buxton. No, I did. I did. Oh, you did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he snuck. He snuck it in there. 
Okay, my bad. Yeah, I don't really like them that much. Anyway, <laughs> you're more of a still guy. All, Yeah, definitely. But you know, there's still a lot of potential in the lineup, in the in the pitching rotation. It's all potential. And I mean, yeah, that's scary, but it's also scary the other way too. You know. I hear you. Um, so there's the Twins. Um, I'm actually pretty AL heavy on a lot of my. You know, sleepers, which is tough because I have like four teams that I'm wrapped up on. And it's the Rays. The Rays still have potential to be good. Do you think they're um, like 90 plus wins good again, though? I, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, they could be. The division's just too good for them to compete in. If they were in any other division, they'd probably be that two team every time. Even they, dude, the Rays could probably win the AL Central. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just tough because there's a bunch of teams. Like, So my teams are the Rays and the Twins primarily. If the White Sox are truly good enough with all the young stars, then, well, they're in too. And the Mariners, the undefeated Mariners already, 2-0 <laughs> out in Japan. But anyway, again, another team that added a couple bats. And, yeah, that's... A, four teams in the AL, you can't really have four wildcard teams, but I think that's a tight race for the wildcard. Like, it might be the tightest wildcard race we have in a long time. I mean, I know it's been close. Uh, like, the NL last year was pretty close, but it's, I think it's going to be tight. For real. I, I have to disagree on Seattle, and it pains me because I really liked what they had, and it makes me, I wish they ran it back because I feel like they would have been a legit like, maybe not contender, but like, a good decent chance to, to overtake the Astros for the division Yeah, this year. I don't know. I just, it still, I didn't. I know they don't want to spend. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Ownership doesn't want to spend. So they're just like, okay, one year of like a super high payroll. And they're like, all right, let's get the hell out of this Cano contract. They're still um, not even that bad losing him though. That was my thing. You well, know? I mean, they lost, they lost the, the best closer in the league mm-hmm. just to get rid of that contract. They, Nelson, they Cruz. give up their best pitcher. Nelson Cruz, which, yeah, I don't know. Their, a, yeah. oh. their rotation stinks. Dude, freaking Hunter Strickland's their closer. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm i skeptical about the Mariners. Like Gilly said, they really were just like, F this and went completely backwards. I've been pretty high on them the past few years. And this year, they're, I don't know. But so they, they, could so be, they have Jay Bruce. Edwin, uh, D. Gordon, J.P. Crawford, Hanniger. still Hanniger, Domingo Santana. Like, Actually, J.P. Crawford got sent down to AAA. I'm pretty sure. I think he uh, did, but I think Tim he'll Beckham. come up again. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim, they don't really only have Tim Beckham. Up. Yeah, because um, it's like, yeah. Let me see. It's Dylan Moore and Ryan Healy, I guess. But like, he's. Ugh. I like Kyle, Ryan Healy a little. Kyle Sieg is hurt. Yeah, so when he's um, back. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you really – I just – like Jay Bruce and a lineup this day and age? Like, come on. I don't, I don't know. I, I would I like him I don't, like I just don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think there's still, like, potential there. I mean – The rotation if is you see, iffy, If you see – yeah. If you see pans out, uh, Roni Solius. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Honestly, Gucci uh, is probably going to pitch, like, every – like six starts or something like that. I yeah. feel like they're. But really I like gonna... Leak. I like Leak. I don't really like Wade LeBlanc. Felix. This is Felix's last hurrah. That's a hot take. In terms of 
if yeah. he doesn't pan out within the first three months of the season, they're going to release him and it's going to be the end of him. I think if I were to pick a sleeper team in that division, even though they had a hot start last year, I'd go with the Angels. Because I don't think the A's are really a sleeper anymore. They're going to be good. I don't think the Angels are either, though. They're just, they never perform like up to their potential. That's like, they have it all, but they, they never just do it. They never do it. I don't know. Just never that works. Re- oh, Socha's out, right? Nothing. Yeah, Socha's yeah. out. Um, what's his name? Brad Osmus is in. I mean, like, they have Osmus a... sucks. Yeah, I agree, but, uh, like, Cody oh. Allen, interesting. Um, no. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I, obviously, it's better than the Red Sox yeah. situation, but... But, like, the rotation yeah, could be – I don't know. The rotation's pretty weird, actually. What happened to Garrett Richards? Did he just, like, finally die? He's, no, he's he's hurt, and he also signed with another team, I believe. All right, so – I'm pretty sure he's out for the year. Where the rotation is, like, Tyler Skaggs, No Way Ramirez. Trevor Cahill. Uh, Trevor Cahill. Is Matt Harvey going to pitch for them? Felix Pena. Uh, Matt Harvey. Andrew Heaney. So I mean, Harvey in, showed a little bit last info, year, but – Insider info. Might not – Matt Harvey. He might not pitch for them. Mm. Why? I'm just going to leave that up to the news. Okay. Well, they added my boy Justin Bohr. I know. That's why they're your sleeper. Yep. <laughs> I don't, they can, yeah, like I said. <laughs> I don't know. If I had to pick a team in that division that could I mean, be interesting. I was going to say you know. Oakland, but you're right. They're really not a sleeper yeah, at this I don't, point. Yeah, I after and I, I, I hate Texas. Last year, yeah, I know. But, okay. Um, so oh, and the Padres. The Padres. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, Rockies also fall into that like not really a sleeper yeah, per se, I but I think so. they'll I think they'll outright win the division this year. That, I think the Dodgers did not. It's a big take. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Thanks. Um, I don't think the Dodgers will win above eighty-five games. That is a big take. That's a huge take. Um, Walker Bueller's a bust. We're, so Ooh. now we're going to try to reconnect with Steve. We will now play the Terry Cushman interview. Um, when we get back from the Cushman interview, we'll have Steve give some of his sleeper teams. We'll get to some teams we think are possibly overrated and some more MLB talk. So for now, here is Terry Cushman. We are here with recurring guests now, uh, Red Sox, uh, avid Red Sox fan, avid Red Sox uh, Twitter presence, our dear and close friend, Terry Cushman. Welcome back. Thanks for your time. How's it going? It's lovely. I can't wait for Thursday and, uh, can't, you know, I can't wait to have my life back. We hear you. I feel like I'm starting to feel like I'm doing a jail sentence every winter, and I'm like, Thursday's my release date, and here we go, you know, freedom again. Feels Not like, that I've ever been there, but it feels like every off season gets longer and longer. But and it was a month. It was a month shorter too. Yeah, so. because I don't <laughs> I know, know if you heard this, but the Red Sox won the World Series. I did hear that. Uh, after I crawled out from under my rock, I got the news. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so uh, yeah. Terry. Go ahead. I have, a, I have a big question for you. Do you like Mookie or no? I like the player, but I, 
I'm starting to get annoyed with the player, though. I'll say that. But uh, still officially on the like side, but I hate the contract that he's potentially about to get. From the Red Sox or other? Uh, from the Red Sox. Well, what do you think would be fair to, to give him? Or do you want to keep him around? I mean, a, a fair offer is probably uh, somewhere between Harper and Trout at this point. Um, I think Mike Trout's a better player. I mean, the guy's been top two MVP and sixth out of his seven seasons. The one season he wasn't in the top two, he was fourth. So, I mean, Mookie's not Mike Trout. You know, the diehard huggers will might fight me to the death on that one. I mean, Mookie's an elite player. He's a generational player, but I don't think he's Mike Trout. That's fine. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, find, yeah, I don't think you're going to find anyone disagreeing with that. Yeah. But does he deserve – how much – so is he a $400 million guy to you? He, he could reach that level – See, the the thing that people never really understand about me is I'm a big value guy, and uh, I'm big on numbers. Right now, for instance, we just came out of a free agency that had the deepest reliever market I've ever seen as far as borderline elite relievers. And we laid there like a dead fish because we didn't want to go over that last luxury tax. So if Mookie is $20 million this year, and we can't afford a reliever, how are we going to do it when he's making 35 a year? I'm just, I think it's terrible value. And I would rather, I mean, if we could get J.D. Martinez a um, Paul Goldschmidt contract, like what he just signed, I might go Xander because that's going to be cheaper. And you still got Benintendi, still got Devers. Chavis, Dahlbeck, some of those guys might emerge as power hitters. They might be the next crop of guys that everybody is unwilling to trade that insists that maybe one of those guys is worth two, three, four hundred million. Who knows? But, it, you know, it's the circle of life. And, you know, you, you have to turn it over. And, you know, I think the Washington Nationals could go to the World Series this year without Bryce Harper. You I know, that, so. Yeah. Yeah, so that's – here's a couple of things, though. I mean, if if you want to just make this the Mookie part of it um, – actually, I don't have my Twitter account up, but um, – Here's what you got, man. I'm, I'm ready. I want to hear the Terry Cushman manifesto. I know you got notes. I'm ready to <laughs> – Yeah, I do. I got, I got tons of notes. Who are the relievers um, that you wanted to target, though? Because I'm totally with you in the sense that it's like uh, there were things that should have been done. Um, from a reliever perspective, I really don't believe in Matt Barnes enough to be the number one guy in your bullpen. Um, but I think, and my understanding is, and correct me if you feel differently, that they were trying to shop Porcello to shave some of that money and then use that money to kind of go out and get a couple of relievers, like an Adovino type, uh, perhaps even a Robertson. I mean, who were the guys that you were hoping they could get knowing what they, they made on the market? Well, you're right on the money with the Porcello thing. They were also willing to dangle uh, Bogarts and Jackie Bradley all at the same time during the winter meetings. And I think that was what the – they weren't going to deal them all, but if they could get rid of one of them, that would have freed up some space. And the bargain guy on the market that I was so fixated on that I was so hoping they'd make a play for was actually Calvin Herrera. And he went the cheapest of all of them. He was like $9 million a year for two years, went went to the White Sox, who aren't even going to need him. They're going to suck no matter what. 
And Herrera, I mean, he went to Game 7 of the World Series in 2014, won the World Series with the Royals 2015. He's got like a career 125 ERA in the postseason. So that was one guy I desired a lot, and I would have been open-minded. I mean, the most expensive guy, I think, was Zach Britton, and he went for, um, I think it it's three years with an option, $13 million a year, and... I'd have been fine with him. A lot of people weren't high on him because he wasn't great last year, but you also have to take into consideration he didn't have a spring training because he was coming off an injury, and he was okay down the stretch. Uh, another guy, Andrew Miller, maybe on a one- or two-year deal would have been fine. Uh, yeah. Robertson. I really was open-minded as long as they did something. Anything was going to be an upgrade over Joe Kelly in terms of – consistency you know kelly could be lights out i'm not saying he wasn't a beast last october but he's gonna fall off at least a couple of cliffs during the course of a season and i was not for kimbrell i mean once that guy loses his fastball what the hell is he he can't locate his off-speed stuff so those are some of the things but just let me just touch on the mookie thing real quick Next year, I'm assuming he's going to get $30 million through arbitration. He was $10 million last year, $20 this year. The pattern should hold up. He'll probably get $30 million. Chris Sale, $26 million. David Price, $31 million. Nathan Avaldi, $17 million. Those guys bring you to a, a combined $104 million. You're halfway to the luxury tax with four players. That's not sustainable. You're gonna you're gonna run into the problem we're having this season, year after year. The Yankees did this with Tashira, Jeter, A Rod, and uh, Sabathia, and they haven't won the division since 2012. Uh, you know, so uh, it's just it doesn't work. I think you got to be smart. Go back to the 2013 World Series. The most expensive player on the team was John Lackey, seventeen and a half million. I just, you know, we were smart. We didn't have any stupid contracts the first three years we won the World Series. No stupid, unsustainable. I mean, Dice K didn't work out great long term, but but that wasn't a contract that wasn't sustainable. I mean, we were still successful after that. He still pitched in 2013. I, I think we DFA'd him or something. Um, I mean, at to some be fair, point, though, but that year uh, in terms of uh. 2013, that was kind of like a Cinderella run in kind of a, a motley crew full of guys that were kind of just like great platoon bats that uh, all kind of came together. I, I see what you're saying, though. But you, you you might think that, though, but John Lackey has a great postseason career, great postseason numbers, uh, John Lester as well. So you had two guys that, you know, could hold it down that were proven. And Shane Victorino had won the World Series with Philly in 2008. Mike Napoli went to the World Series twice with the Texas Rangers. Didn't win it, but went twice. So, and then you had our core. You still had, as much as I hate him, Pedroia was pretty good that year. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury was pretty good that year. You know, and then you had Poppy, and that was a good team. It's just, I don't think anybody saw it coming, coming off the heels of a last place finish. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you got, that was still like, like the fourth highest payroll in the league at that point. You're, it wasn't like league leading or anything wild. Like the Yankees and Dodgers were topped at that point after they took on a lot of salary, obviously, from us. But you still had some yeah. bad. I mean, Ryan Dempster didn't do anything. He was kind of a waste at 
13 million in that market. You know what I mean? 13 million is probably the equivalent of like 20, 22 million nowadays. Yeah, I mean, he was an innings eater at best during the season. Um, and but you mentioned the payroll. We were at 171 million that year. The luxury tax was 189 million, so we were comfortably under it. We could have taken on one more significant player. The Giants, the very next year, same exact payroll, 171. This is mind-boggling. The Royals, 2015, a 112 million dollar payroll. Next year, we're like I said, we're going to have four guys at 104, so just eight million under what the Royals won with. Cubs 2016, 184. Astros very impressively after taking on Justin Verlander, 138 million in 2017. I mean, they haven't finally, at that point, though. You know what I mean? I think it's just completely different scenarios, though. Like Astros are all homegrown; they didn't have to pay anybody yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. Uh, you know, but if Dahlbeck and Chavis pan out, I mean, we have a pretty cheap core if you consider. Benintendi, uh, Devers still, uh, some of the relievers that are going to be coming up. But the Red Sox, uh, that was the last one, $227 million. That was $91 million more than what the Astros spent the year before. <laughs> $91 million. That's what happens so, when, you're, you know, when you got the money, though. Why not spend it? Yeah, but, I mean, we're getting older. You know, Chris Sale's going to be – He's going to be 30 next week. His contract takes him through his age 36 season. Price is going to be 34 at some point this year. Um, you know, I just... I mean, the rotation is pretty set at this point, though. For, for the, the next, next three, three years. four years. You have... Hale, you have Price, Eovaldi are like locks. And Erod. And Erod. Erod's still under. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Erod, he's never pitched more than 137 innings. And I used to be the biggest apologist, but now I've kind of gotten away from that. I'm like, motherfucker can't stay healthy. (laughs) I hear you. You But as far as, like, one, two, three, you've got got those one, two, three locked up for the next three, four years. you got Erod. If he's healthy, that's great. If he gives you 140 innings, whatever. And then right now, you obviously have Porcello as a fifth guy. I don't expect them to re-sign him for his current contract or whatever he's going to get out there. But um, you put that money towards, you know, you know, a Xander raise or, a, or you know, the Mookie raise or something. Well, let's put it this way. I still think the Sox are going after Mookie as much as that makes me uncomfortable. So what that tells me is Porcello's gone, Xander's probably gone, and – Jackie's probably you know, and gone then, too. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's a Boris guy, but what's he really worth? I mean, he doesn't have a bat. I mean, what's an elite defender worth? I don't think anybody is willing to trade for uh, Jackie Bradley, but I think that he could get decent money. I mean, I don't really have the numbers up right now to compare, which I probably should pull them up quick. He could get 11, but 12 million a year somewhere. I think so. I think so too, especially, you know, we've seen it in the spring so far. If all holds true and he does have a little more pop and has a good year, even 25 home runs, I think he could get decent money. Absolutely. I mean, so to give you context, yeah, he makes 8.5 through arbitration. So I'd say 12 a year is pretty conservative. He'd probably get at least that on the open market. I think that's about tops, really. I think 10 to 12, really. I mean, a guy like Kiermaier, he signed a contract where he's going to make uh, he's gonna make 8 this year, 10, 11, 
12 and then 13. That's that's kind of a close comp. I think Lorenzo Kane is a little bit too high end of a uh, center yeah. field option to really compare him to with the contract he signed five years at 80. I don't think he's going to get that type of money, but that's interesting. I don't know. Hey, do you think he's worth it at a contract if we can get him for, say, three or four years at 12 million a year? Or just because of Mookie, it's really not feasible? Well, I mean, if if we don't go after Mookie, I would say definitely for sure. I, I would take Bradley. And I'm neutral on Bradley. I mean, it's not going to hurt my feelings one way or the other. But I think he's going to be more affordable than people think because people hear the name Scott Boris. They think, you know, he's gone. But um, I, I think we could keep him. It just depends on how things break. Now, here's another thing. And you guys probably aren't going to be with me on this one. But – Say this bullpen is absolutely trash, and you know we're hovering around five hundred or worse. Oh, oh God! I don't know oh. that. I don't oh. know that the Red Sox won't trade Mookie this summer. Oh, if he won't, if he won't play ball, huge take. Wow! If he won't play ball, I think they might they might ship him. Because look at it this way: they can sign him anyway. They can still sign him in a couple of years and get a boatload of prospects. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't know about well, that. Well, first of all, that's a big take. let's back 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 up the Brinks truck a little bit. Okay. I don't see the Red Sox being at or under five hundred comes uh, trading deadline time. Oh, well, we didn't think that in twenty fourteen either. And what was the difference between twenty fourteen and twenty thirteen? It was only not having Ellsbury. That was the and, only difference. And a type of coach, but that. I- that like, team, like we said earlier, doesn't have nearly the individual talent that this team has. Uh, well, they, I mean, they were the no, number one offense in, in 2013. So I was I was going to say maybe comparable in time, like during that time. But like, if you compare them, like team to team, no way. Like this team is way better, way better. Uh, but, I yeah, dude. I, I don't I I don't know because I mean. Seven through nine last year, we were trash. I mean, our catcher, Bradley. All right, well, this and... year we have Blake Swihart, so we're going to be golden. <laughs> Big take. Blake Swihart makes the all-star team. Whoa. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Big Blake Swihart guy. That's an interesting uh, take, considering that, I don't know, all the usual suspects in the AL for, for catcher. If Gary Sanchez doesn't play well, Salvador, Salvador Perez is out. Yep. Sure. I'm telling okay. you. telling you. It's still probably not going to happen, but... My co-host, <laughs> Jeremy Schelling, is the biggest Vasquez hugger I've ever met. <laughs> so, it's defensive ability? I guess, yeah. He, just, he can't hit a lick. He just fucked Vasquez, but... I mean, we've been waiting. This, this has been like three or four years coming, where it's like you got three guys, three horses. You can't but, even pick one. Now we're down to two. Yeah, but... Leon's gone. <laughs> Is he's he? gonna come back. Is he? Yeah, exactly. He's. I mean, they DFA'd him. I doubt anybody will claim him, so I guess he'll end up in Pawtucket. But as far as the major league roster, we're down to two at opening day, right? We are. So, I mean, are you nervous about the in terms of how the rotation and those guys who love Leon are gonna react? Anybody? Anybody scared about that? It's... Oh, I I love Leon. I get it, though. I mean, I'm not mourning it, but yeah. I'm mourning it. <laughs> The thing about Leon is he was such a great game caller. You know, Rick Porcello does not win the Cy Young in 2016 without Sandy Leon. And also that Tampa writer who didn't put Verlander in the top 10. I mean, he gets a little bit of credit too. 
But but Sandy Leone helped quite a bit. Yeah, he, he he turned David last year after that awful July start in the Bronx, and you know he he'd been Chris Sale's catcher, so you know very underrated at least as far as pitch calling goes. Yeah, he'll be missed. I hope he signs like with Pawtucket and comes back as you know organizational depth, but. I'm concerned that some fucking team like I'm like I have like a really scary premonition that the Yankees are going to grab him and get rid of uh, Romine. I'd say the, like sucks, the Royals. Man. Why not? Royals could use him. You know, some yeah, actually, team like that. I think Romine's with the Phillies, isn't he? Is he? I think so. The the Yankees have that Japanese guy. I can't pronounce his name. Oh yeah, hit a home run off of one of our guys last year. <laughs> Oscar reminds me of the Yankees. I just saw. But I know what you mean, though. That, I know that that Japanese guy. Yeah. All right. Let's get, let's get to the, the good stuff here. Yeah, let's go. Two <laughs> big topics we want to talk about. Yeah. First up, last week, the Red Sox signed Chris Sale to an extension. We kind of brushed over it, but if anybody out there follows you on Twitter, they know that you are not an advocate of this. So. We're gonna give you a chance to defend yourself, and then we're gonna we're gonna attack you. Okay. Oh God! Um, <laughs> I wouldn't put it to him like that. Yeah. He could just end the call. No, I'm, he can take it. He's ready. I'm all right. I'm an ex corrections officer, so I've uh, been Go in ahead. some situations. But um, here's the thing, right up front. I. Don't mind so much that we signed Chris Sale. I mind very much that we didn't do our due diligence to actually look at him this year to make sure that he was a little bit healthier down the stretch and that he could pitch effectively. Now, I'm going to try to make this quick, but go back to 2016. That was his last year with the White Sox. He broke down that year, too. His last three starts of the year, six earned runs, three earned runs, five earned runs. Broke down with the Red Sox first week of August in 2017. The Indians just absolutely destroyed him. He never really recovered after that. Last three starts of that year, four earned runs, zero earned runs against Baltimore, five earned runs, I think, against Toronto in the last game. And what people forget about that year is – We were sliding, and we very nearly had to play game 163 against the Yankees, but they lost in game 161 or something, so we avoided it. And then Chris Sale goes into the playoffs against the Astros, only pitches five innings, gives up seven earned runs. The guy was completely broken down. This last year, they supposedly revamped his spring training schedule so that way he wouldn't overdo it early in the year. Gets off to a good start again, but then actually has a shoulder injury. And the big concern before we got him was his funky delivery is going to lead to some serious injuries. It's violent. It's awkward. He's got a skinny frame. And I wasn't worried about it before we traded him because we only had him for three years. But guess what? Year and a half into it, he gets injured. And then he looked like shit. Uh, You know, in in the playoffs in 2018, I know he closed out the World Series, but in his one start in the World Series, only four innings, he lost to the Astros. That was our only loss that series. Wasn't good that start. And then he treaded water against the Yankees, kept us in the game, and the team was able to carry him. 
And but in future postseasons, we might need him like in 2017 to carry us. So it's it's absolutely insane to ignore the red flags here that I've just pointed out. And all I wanted was for the team to just take this season. There was zero risk to wait. He wanted to sign here anyway. It was convenient for his family. I'm just sick of signing risky contracts and getting burnt, you know. Sandoval comes up this year. The Hanley contract was weird at best. He, he wasn't a good fit. The Pedroia contract, I know you, some of you guys love him, but it's not working out too well. And I just I want to get away from these risky contracts. It seems like the rest of the league is, except for us. And our general manager, president, whatever you want to call him, made so many dumb decisions with the Tigers that they're going into their fifth season of not being competitive, and they're at least two or three more years away. So that's the better part of a decade that that team's not competitive because our general manager was stupid. And that's all I wanted was the wait. I, I love Chris Sale. I'm still going to root for Chris Sale. But it's hard to be an optimist having three bad second halves in a row and not one good postseason so far. That's my take. And, uh, you know, I just, I wish we were patient. I missed like half of that. Could you repeat that? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, one thing I want to say is I know that, you know, because Steve texted me almost every, every other day or texted me when I had Chris Sale in fantasy, like, oh, dude, look at this arm. It looks so gross. But I think if you look into the finer things, like Chris Sale, his K per nine, this past year, highest of his career. And you can say, you know, 158 innings or whatever. And yeah, sure, low innings, bad August, whatever. But out of those 27 games that he started, he had 17 quality starts. So five of those losses, the Red Sox couldn't even hit. So we're looking at another five-plus wins if we just hit the ball. And, and you know, you must have been frustrated just like I was watching those games. Like, can we just get a freaking hit for Chris Sale? And, you know, his home runs for nine – 0.63, lowest of his career, second lowest hit per nine of his career. Like, I'm not worried about this guy. Like, he's only gotten better. And, yes, again, he only pitched 158 innings. So you can count the health late season into it, but the guy still put up massive numbers last year and was still, like, I don't know how many votes he got for the Cy Young. He was, but on, pace Cy he Young. was on pace to be the Cy Young. Absolutely, like, without close. question. Without question. He was every year, though. He, yeah. Every year he's on pace. I mean, Kluber didn't catch him until, like, mid-September the year before. But all those numbers you were giving me were basically April through July. Through but the we're half, not even in July. the position to win at all, even if he doesn't give us April to June. Like, if we don't even have that at all, like, he, if he was totally unproductive, then we're not looking at even a playoff run. 27 games. I mean, if we don't have Chris Sale at all, right, a little bit of Chris Sale to me is just as good as having, you know, uh, him, her in August, in August only, and then having him in the bullpen, say, for the playoffs. Like, I don't know. That sounds good right now, but, I mean, last year in the playoffs, he couldn't locate his fastball. He was he He did reach 94 a couple of times, but he was slider heavy. That's not going to work for the next six years. 
It's just not. He, well, he's, <laughs> he's gonna have he's to. Playing banged up, though. He's gonna, yeah. Well, he's playing hurt, and as you get older, pitchers are they reinvent themselves. I mean, look at Price; he's reinvented himself now. He had a little hiccup there, and now he's, you know, he's coming back down to, you know, the, the newfound David Price. We'll, we'll get he's to got a healthy delivery, though. This David <laughs> Price, yeah, that's fair. He, that's you know, fair. his problems I mean, are in his head. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that in a second, Terry. Um, <laughs> but, but my question for you, honestly, is um, so you're obviously out on terms of paying Chris Sale this type of money because you think he's going to take a discount. If he doesn't take a discount in this theoretical world where he didn't actually sign this contract uh, the last week, who who are our options that you would be okay with? Slash, also, like, are you just against the idea of having like a a number one, like legit ace in the rotation? Because uh, I, I, we sure as hell know that you're not okay with uh, David Price being that moving forward. Because um, then it's like you've got Eovaldi and Price for the future. I don't think that's enough, in all honesty, if I'm Dombrowski. And I don't love any of the guys that are coming up unless you bank on getting uh, – even DeGrom is going to be a year out, age 33. Trevor we'll Bauer, never get him if we get Mookie. You're probably going to so. have to pay him just as much, if not more, oh. on the open market. So I'm just curious in terms of your thoughts on what plan B would be um, – I don't know. Garrett Cole, I guess, is a guy that comes up a lot. But. Yeah, I mean, there's also Madison Bumgarner, possibly. I don't have a solid answer right now as to what we would do in place of Chris Sale. But but like I said, if I'm wrong and he finally does have that solid second half, I doubt he would cost more money than, than he did this year because he's going to be entering his age 31 season. But if that's the penalty that I have to pay him more because he was so solid this year, I'd probably do it once I saw it. But I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, Mad Bum. Mad, I don't know. I I know that some of the guys are bigger fans of Mad Bum than I. But I really, I've been afraid of him for a couple of years now in terms well, of the issues he's had health wise. Well, he's a dumbass, though. I mean, he was driving through some gravel pit in a fucking dirt bike and crashed it. And then last year was a little unlucky. He got hit with a comeback or something. But um, he's but his, has gone down in consecutive years, though. That's really his that, delivery that's is a little weird, and it, it, it raises similar concerns as as sale. Now, I was arguing with one of you. Which one of you guys operates the the, the main account? With we all, all kind of do, but... I, I was in an epic fight one day with one of you over, I think, Chris Sale. And the one guy that scares me who had a funky delivery, and again, as a disclaimer, I'm not saying this guy was as good as Chris Sale, but funky mechanics, Justin Masterson. And he he was setting up to be able to sign a decent extension, not like a mega deal by any means, but a nice four or five year deal with Cleveland had an off year, took a one year flyer with us DFA by may never pitched in the big leagues ever again. I didn't see that coming. And you know, his delivery isn't the same as sales. It's probably closer to bum garners actually, but I, it, it scares me. It absolutely scares me. And I mean, his sample is so much smaller, though. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I'm not trying to compare him to Sale per se too much because I, I know you're not trying to do that. But, I mean, what did Masterson do? He just kind of ate some innings. He really didn't have anything crazy in terms of numbers. He was a middle-of-the-road yeah. guy, you know what I mean? I mean, he was a number two or three at best, but um, 
but still, I mean, a, a nice serviceable guy, you know, for, for the middle of a rotation for a big market team. And I don't know. I, there's just a lot of red flags with Sale. I'm uncomfortable with it. And I just wanted I just wanted the Red Sox to be a little more patient and, and take a wait-and-see approach. And maybe maybe the answer would have been a two or three year deal if if he couldn't straighten it out and if he ends up being like a thirty five million dollar pitcher for six years because he had such a great season, I'll pay that penalty. It's fine. He's about to turn but, thirty though. I think you would warrant at least like a four or five year deal in the open market to a team desperate like uh even the Padres or someone like that that's trying to or whoever you know what I mean in a whenever he's going to be a free agent that is trying to be relevant in that moment. There are always teams. The Marlins emerge every, I don't know, nocturnal fucking. Well, if he was good <laughs> this year, I mean, if he gives you a six full months, the Red Sox would have paid him. Yeah. You know, next off season. So, I mean, it's a moot point really. If he's, if he, you know, he ends up being solid. I have a trivia fact for you all slash a question. Cause I did not know this until right now. Do you guys know where Justin Masterson was born slash is from? South like Africa. Somewhere in Ohio? I think it's Ohio, Indiana, something like that. Kingston, Jamaica. That's where he was what? born. <laughs> He's that's a Jamaican wild. born. Well, no, that's where his mother went into labor then on vacation. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, he moved to Indiana when he was younger, but still, he wasn't like raised oh, okay. there. He was born in Jamaica. That's just the funniest thing. That's so cool. Yeah. I heard a funny story about him when he was with Cleveland. It was not long after he got there, the cable guy showed up to his new place and uh, to install his cable, and they asked him if his parents were there. <laughs> you know? so he's oh. like, "I'm an ace for the Cleveland Indians, or whatever. You know, a top yeah. pitcher." And, yeah. So. I'll tell you what, I'm surprised he's not in commentary because that guy's a funny motherfucker. Remember a couple of years ago when uh, I think it was the 2015 season, we, we were connected to Cole Hamill's all winner and the Phillies wanted Swihart and Sherrington wouldn't budge because he's a prospect hugger. And we just <laughs> happened to be playing the Phillies in spring training and Masterson kept telling Swihart, dude, they're showcasing you today. The Phillies are here. You know, you're getting showcased. <laughs> and it was just funny. Because you're going to be a Philadelphia Philly by the end of the day. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a funny guy. I, you know, I hope we have Remy forever. But, you know, but if he ended up in the booth, I'd love to, I'd love to see it. Mm. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. When are we getting to Pedroia? All right, <laughs> let's transition into Justin Pedroia. That motherfucker needs to retire. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Dude's my been God. working out since October. Why why is he why how come he's not on the opening day roster again? Nobody oh, has crazy. ever had this knee injury. Literally. Well, never, they've never had that knee surgery, is what yes, it is. Yeah, they, so but, they don't know. Well Stephen how Wright it's had be. it. Right had it, and he had to do steroids. That's how bad it was. <laughs> H- no, I'm serious. He had to take I HGH. I know. Uh, I'm supposed I'm to have this surgery him. in like 10 years, so it's really scaring the shit out of me. Well, good thing you don't make yeah, your probably, living off I'm of gonna playing baseball. I'm going to sit on my ass on the couch. Just do roids, you know? Josh. Fuck it. Just well, it up you, like you know that that's a dead guy's you know cartilage you're going to have oh, yeah. in you. Oh, yeah. Probably, I was told... 
<laughs> I was told at 16 years old that I'd have to have this done when I got a football helmet to the knee after I caught a pass. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty scary stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, you're just going to have a piece of a dead guy in you. I mean, Shakira's legacy. Fantastic. But anyway, he's besides probably, the point. He's probably still alive. Some motherfucker's walking around not knowing that his cartilage is going to be in your leg. Hope you're happy, Josh. Just because you have health insurance, that guy did. Damn, I'm a selfish motherfucker, huh? (laughs) All right. right. Realistically, what are your Pedroia expectations for the season? Pick a number 15 through 30. Just go with it. 26. If it's 26 and a half, I'm taking the under. Games? (laughs) Homers. Homers, okay. <laughs> <laughs> MVP votes. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys have to be, you know, kind of coming down to earth here. Like, you know, this could be it. I would hope so. I'm with I mean, you. I'm, 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 I'm with you too. And this is where the podcast splits. Oh my! Yeah, this, this, is, this is where we're split, Terry. That's why we need you here. <laughs> Josh and I, especially, roll against you on sale. But this is where we split. Yeah. Uh, I. Why was do you totally... want Pedroia to fail? We don't want him to fail. No, you just said you hope he retires. He's he realized it's over. I just don't have the confidence as well. And, I mean, he's, who knows if he can even hit at the major league level anymore. I mean, it's been since early 2017 since he was hitting with real pop. I know he, he toughed it out the whole year. Well, he missed, he missed, I think, the whole month of August, but... I remember watching him in that playoffs, and that ball was just not coming off that bat. And I, Alan Craig isn't a great comparison because his was kind, his was, his was mental. But I, I think it's, I think, I think he's fallen off the cliff. It's just such a long shot. Like he has to be healthy for one, and then he has to perform. Those are two giant mountains. It's like, all right, climb Everest. And then, okay, climb the next biggest round. He had 293 in that year. You don't think Pedroia would be better than Nunez Holt Platoon? If he was healthy. Yeah, we hope he's healthy. Well, he's not not going to play if he's unhealthy. The only way he's going to play is if he's healthy. Well, Well, he's he's already said that his knee isn't going to be the same. Like, he's already admitted that. So, I don't... I just... And how long is Dombrowski going to clog up a roster spot? I mean, I guess you could put him on the the sixty day DL if it's really just not looking good the first couple of months. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recognize the, the change. I don't recognize that. I mean, there's still a, he still brings value. It's like I don't I don't agree with that. It's like I understand in terms of when people cut ties with Pablo. It's like get him off the roster. Enough fake injuries. You just want to cut the cut your losses and just have that dead cap. In terms Pablo, of like dead Pablo body. drove in 40 runs last year. Oh, so now you're defending Pablo. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Next year, he's just dead. toying with Gillier right now. <laughs> That's what they're doing. He's going to be right, all aboard the Pablo Drew Pomeranz train this year, too. Watch out. In another room, I have a Pablo signed bat. And actually, yes, I'm big on Pomeranz this year. He is a sleeper pick in terms of having a bounce-back season. People forget how good he was in 2017. I mean, Thank I don't know you. what happened in October, but... I, I pointed that out once he signed with the Giants. And, and it's such a Giants move to sign him anyway, but... Yeah, you're speaking um, my language, Terry. He was so bad last year, yeah. though. We all know he had a good 2017, yeah. but he was so bad last year, it sucked. 
No, I know, yeah. And I, I kept rooting for him. He was warming up in the pen that Evoldi game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> I just remember, like, last season, it was that Reeves game, and there were just, like, a string of, like, five hits in a row. I was like, god damn, his career is over. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that was, like, to pin it all, man. It was wild. He should uh, probably go in the pen, to be honest. I mean, that's where he started his career, and I just think that that's probably where his value is at this point. That, that pool, I mean, uh, that park as a whole, though, should probably help him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can't revive a guy's career on his own, but if he's healthy and he kind of figures it out, I think he could be interesting. I mean, back to Pedroia for a second, though. I mean, I'm curious – in terms of like these other aging guys towards the end of their careers, um, how you felt about them? In ter- even like a, Ichiro just retired. Are you telling me that you should he have retired back in like 2010, 2011 when he was at his kind of like before he started to take a dip? I guess hindsight is 2020, but have you been a proponent of guys like that being like, all right, you dipped down from a 315 batting average to 270 and change, you lost it, retire. Yeah, give me another example. I mean, that guy's a legend, and, I mean, he played mostly for, you know, small market teams once he got done with the Yankees, but. um, like, What about any Sox guys that have kind of uh, over the years here in terms of, obviously, Poppy's kind of an exception. He's not really. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a DH. I mean, Euclid's. Was he lost his job anyway because Middlebrooks was like the next coming of God for three months, but. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a backup for a while. I mean, when Victor Martinez was here, I think he got the bulk of the starts, and then uh, Salty was here for a year or two. I I liked Veritek, and and he, you know, kind of like Sandy Leone, he he called a good game. I mean, what did he catch? Three no hitters, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't too pessimistic there, but I mean, the Red Sox have had some bad luck with some of these guys. I mean, Mike Lowell just kind of limped to the end of his contract. J.D. Drew, same thing. He wasn't popular anyway, but... Um, I mean, even like, I guy, like about Chase Utley, for example. Like, is he... Are you... You just don't think that he should have retired years ago before he, like, you know what I mean, went on his run with the Dodgers? Not that he went on a run, per se, but you know what I mean? Like, he should have hung it up I, years ago, in your opinion? Or These guys... I thought... I thought Utley was okay, but... But he had a good record of health, though, is another thing. So it's uh, – I mean, I would relook at those numbers in terms of, like, on a yearly basis at least. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember him being fairly durable, but, you know. I mean, he probably did pitch a year too long. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, in his mid-30s, I mean, he was still okay. You know, he was like – I think he was 38 last year, wasn't he? He was so- 39. Yeah, you want to know something weird? Like, nobody ever talks about this, but remember that collision he had with Tejada at second base, and now we have these stupid second base rules? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Watch that again on YouTube tonight or tomorrow, whenever. Watch Utley's head bounce off that guy's leg and then impact the ground. And he got suspended for a game, and he appealed it, but he didn't start the game anyway while it was on appeal. I guarantee you he had a concussion from that shot. You know, the other guy broke his leg, but he had a concussion. I can't and, and wait we... for Pejoya to just have <laughs> such a great year. So, 
make you guys eat your fucking words. I'm with I, you all. The only, the only thing I can separate in my own mind, okay, because I'm not totally on the Pedroia like, shit list, but what I can say is Pedroia never had the drop-off, okay? So we've just known Pedroia, like, being, like, the perfect average hitter that we've always seen, scoring a lot of runs, uh, average RBIs, but had produced, like, you know, had, had a couple of good years. So there's no, like, drop-off. Like, that's the weird thing with Dustin Pedroia. We've only seen good Pedroia. So the fact that he hasn't played the, the last year and a half is kind of I, what I think is, like, fogging over you guys. Like, it's just he's he won't be able to do it because of his injuries. Yes, we've he always seen age. good Pedroia. Yeah, we've always seen good Pedroia, and I get that. But, like, this is a lot to, like, take on. And that's my thing. Like, I want him, like, and trust me, I didn't like the tweet, Terry, that you said about Pedroia because I don't <laughs> think it's the same. And I'm 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 there with you. Like I think Pedroia should retire, but like I think you said it with a little. I could be wrong. I think you said it with a little like uh, more power to you. Like Dustin Pedroia should follow Gronk. You know, <laughs> you know, with some dignity. I think the guy does deserve more than that. Like he is a Red Sox legend, but I don't think that has a chance to continue based on his injuries. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm good with Dustin Pedroia. Like, he's a legend. I know that. But I'm done with him. Like, we should just look forward to our future. We should look forward to our future and... Hopefully, it's not, like, it's not like Makita's, like, right there. But it's if, not an obvious guy. I just don't, like, well, I don't want him to better. fail. I don't want him to fail. Like, I almost don't want to see it. So I'd rather have him just leave his career how it was that's and, not and, how he's wired, and that's what's made him great this entire I, time. I'm not, and, I, and I'm not like disagreeing that I don't like them, like that about him. Same, all same I'm mentality saying, as Tom Brady. If Tom all, Brady wanted to go out on top in terms of the safest thing but to do, Tom Brady is not hurt ago. like Dustin Pedroia. But banged up, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm talking about their heads and their hearts. That's what sets them apart. That's the whole point. I'm not Pedroia saying doesn't he doesn't have it. Doesn't I'm not saying he think. doesn't have it, but I don't. I don't want the guy to play literally an under of 26 games. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to play an under of 26 games. But like Terry said, I'm not, I don't want the guy to do that because I see him too high, and it's only going to taint the memory of Dustin Pedroia if something bad does happen. Now, if he comes out and proves people wrong, then that's just classic Dustin Pedroia, like you said. <laughs> that's what you're, just, that's what you're but, saying. But no, but no. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it, though, Gilly. Like, that's where it's different. Like, if you're saying classic Pedroia could happen it could but it i don't why think, aren't you rooting for that to I, happen i'm not i'm not not rooting for it i'm just I'm not seeing the positive like it's not even starting well like i said a couple podcasts ago dustin pedroia needs to be on this team opening day and he's not going to be why does he need to be on an opening day because it just proves that point i don't i, I i'm not following the logic there like, it, it just proves the point that it's classic Dustin Pedroia. Like, he should have been ready. He's had a he, lot he of time. He says he's ready. It's not, it's not a him thing. It's in uh, terms of, like, Cora and those guys. He really would have. to be safe. 
If we, we know Classic Pedroia, he would have been on the roster. That's all I'm saying. He wants it's to not be. His choice, it's his though. He's heard him say he can play. Him for that. I mean, uh, you guys need to read that Carabas article on Pedroia if you haven't, because that fired me up, and that is just classic Pedroia, as you say, in terms of, like, if you – I don't know. I We all know Pedroia, or I think I think we do. Maybe you all don't. But at the same time, if you do, you know better than to doubt him. This guy has been counted, like, out – in like against his entire career, and he fights, he scraps. Oh, I am. I, don't know. Is just, I just split my mind on it. I guess because I see what I want to see. It, I look see. at like Derrick Rose. If you, in terms of like injuries, like derailing a career, people thought Derrick Rose is dead in the water. Now he's a shitty person. That's a, another side story. But the dude last three seasons, like played such garbage minutes in like minimal minutes. This year, he turns it around, and I would compare his age 30 season to about an age 34 season of, like, a baseball player. Not a perfect comparison, but right. kind of fair, you know what I mean? Or roughly. Good enough to be, like, somebody that's, that should be known. And I don't know. I, I, I'm i just excited. I get it. I, uh, that's I get it, and I hope it happens, Gilly. Awesome I really do. I really do. I'm glad really you're rooting for it. I, well, no. I, I'm glad it's just – it's a different thought process, and I think he should be helping the team – I mean, what if he does come back? And what if we find a, a different suitor at second or something? Like, just something happens. What like, about Joe Maurer? That's a that's a comp in terms of like. I think uh, Joe Maurer was great, but he also declined. It wasn't like an injury thing. He declined naturally. So, he had, I think he had one season where he was hurt, but he did decline naturally. That Dustin Pedroia has never declined naturally, and I think that's where the smokescreen is for a lot of the fans. I, he was always Dustin Pedroia, always fucking laser show, batting three twenty or or not three twenty, but three hundred and above, and tw- you know twenty home runs, seventy RBIs, you know a lot of runs. But there's the smokescreen: the fact that he hasn't played for a year and a half, and that's just my thought on it. it I'm rooting for him too, but I just I don't like the way it's starting already, and I don't want him to be you know just put in the limelight of oh this guy had a shitty season I'm all done with him now yeah. like just end on a high note, dude. Like I, I want your le- like your legacy to just be what it was, and it just ha- so happened that he got injured at the end. That's what I want it to be. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and I think that that's just a, a mentality that a lot of guys or some guys do have, but others are just totally in denial about how many guys come back for their glory tour where it's like, ooh, he is not the same at all. I don't know. I think he really wants to push himself and see what he's got left. Oliver, see what do you guys have? Uh, hold on. Uh, I a text because I was just listening and <laughs> waiting. Um, I, hold on one second. Sorry, Listen. I went on a big spiel Listen. there. No, no, it's good. Um, I'm with Josh. You know, I think that... Um, I think that we've never seen him really truly decline, but I also don't think from what, from what I've seen um, for the last year or so, I don't see much of him coming back and, and replicating the 2007, 2013 Pejori that we remember. And I think the best uh, course of action would, would be to find a replacement. We didn't do it. Uh, I think like someone like someone like Jonathan scope or, DJ, DJ LeMay, who would have been like the right signing this offseason to have a legitimate person to play second base while we go and try to find or develop another second baseman. I don't know what we nope, have. Nope, you know. nope, makes no sense. But that's I, what don't, I, I don't like 
I don't know. Neither I mean, of those make sense Nunez. when you have Nunez it's on the roster option. already. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay, well, this is just my opinion. My, my, my opinion okay, you wanna is that, okay. yep, I am, because you're going off <laughs> okay. on a stupid tangent. No offense. I was just saying my opinion, but Your I opinion guess you is wrong, interrupt Steve. Mine. Okay. Yep, with your fact. A healthy opinion. Dustin Pedroia is better than a okay. Eduardo Nunez slash Brock Give me a time tandem. machine, because it's over. It's not give, over. Give me a time machine 10 oh years back. God. He's not going to be healthy again. in 2017. Come on. What? And then b- before that? Let me, I got to look at 318 in 2016. What do you play, 100 games? 291. No, he played 154 in 2016. That, do your I'm not, I'm not taking away the fact that the health He's is a concern, okay? The health is a concern. If he comes back healthy, if he comes back healthy, he will be good. That's a fact. Yeah. If he's I not healthy, he won't be good. I doubt it. And if there's a guy that a can doubter. come back, it's Petroya. That's the whole point. The Toronto Blue Jays just got rid of Troy Tulowitzki, who has had health issues. I don't know if they've been more severe than Pedroia. Way more they severe. They got rid of him. They got rid of him because he was an aging player and they just didn't value him. If Dustin Pedroia was a Toronto Blue Jay, same thing. Same thing. The only reason he's still, the only reason he's given a third, fourth, fifth chance is because, you know, he's been with the Boston Red Sox and we're, we're an organization right now that's extremely image conscious and. Um, I think they're, I think they're going to give it one last chance. But we we won 108 games last year without Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> I mean, I come know. on, he still had a leadership role. He was very absolutely, accurate. and I think that this guy will be in this organization forever. I mean, I just I don't think it's fair to compare him guys, to Lewinsky, especially with like a, a dying Blue Jays team. It's like they're literally intentionally tanking. They he provides no value to them if there's no future with him. You know what I mean? It's not like he was the rock. If he was with the Rockies the entire time, maybe it's different. Maybe it's more of a majority situation where they keep him around to really ease well, in Brendan Rodgers or something like that. They're paying him anyway. They're paying him regardless, and they could have rehabilitated him and then flipped him, you know, midseason if he got off to a good year. So there are still other ways they could have handled Tulowitzki, but they chose to DFA him. And Pedroia, I mean, if I'm wrong about this here, he's not going to make it to the end of his contract. That's not going to happen. And so the end isn't going to be the most dignified because he can't retire with that much money on the books. So he's he's going to have to – he's just going to have to be cut, you know, not much different from Pablo Sandoval. He won't be shamed on the way out like Sandoval, but he's going to get cut at some point. And – that's Dave Dombrowski, but it's like three more years on the contract at fifteen million, thirteen million, oh, no. and then twelve million. This season and two. Sorry, uh, Dave Dombrowski didn't draft him. He didn't sign him to his first extension. He didn't sign him to this current contract. So he's going to do what's best for the Boston Red Sox. And I just, it's just a long shot. I don't know if he'll get. It, say if he just sputters out of the gates and has to go back on the DL, I don't think they necessarily get rid of him this year. Next year is probably the year where, you know, they, they're they just not going to deal with it anymore. But I just feel it's very unlikely that he plays a significant role on the field this year. All right. Well, 
Now that we have our Pedroia and Sale talk out of the way, <laughs> before okay. we let you go, what are your uh, your Red Sox uh, projections for the year? And do you have like uh, like who do you think will have like a notable breakout year? If you have any of those guys, or any re- big regression years? You mean like from a team or right? So like a player on the Red Sox, do you think will have like a really like you know they'll break out or uh, they regress a lot? And like where do you see the Red Sox finishing this year? All right. Well, first of all, this isn't going to be a popular take. But um, that was the Pedroia one, Terry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, I mean, when I, I listened to the last show I was on today, and uh, you know, from last fall, just to kind of just get the vibe, and uh, that show, I, 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 it was before the wild card game, and I, I told you guys, I'm 51 percent Red Sox, 49 percent Yankees. I figured it was close. Well, the All-Star game was the next night or night after, and I saw Severino pitch, and I completely drank the punch and was like, the Yankees are going to beat us. <laughs> We're not beating the Yankees. But they got better this year. Whether or not you value the moves that they made, you know, they they added pieces, we lost pieces, and our bullpen is trash. I'm giving it to the Yankees as of now. If Lakins and Feltman come up more sooner than later, I guess Hernandez, who is like the star of spring training, he's going to double A to be a starter. So that's disappointing because we need him in the pen. But if you can get a couple of those guys up and, and then Barnes and Brazier are good and, you know, a couple other guys step it up, then maybe we can win. The biggest X factor with the Yankees to me is actually just Aaron Boone. Can he manage the personalities? Can he manage the bullpen? Uh, you know, because he, he was really shitty about that. He, he wasn't taking the starters out quick enough uh, at times. And so if Boone struggles and then that causes kind of a circus, maybe maybe the Red Sox can capitalize on it. But I think the Yankees are going to win the division. Maybe the Red Sox can sneak into a wild card. As far as the actual team, I think Devers is going to have a, a good year. He's my he's my breakout guy, uh, and I mean that offensively. I mean, hopefully he'll be at least average defensively. Yeah, we'll take that. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I, I'm not going to pick anyone to regress because <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to jinx anyone. But Even though you um, want David Price, you want David Price to regress, say it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. I, as far as David Price in the regular season, I've never been a pessimist as far as that goes. You know, um, it, if, if he's healthy, I don't see why he's not going to have at worst a three something ERA and 16 to 18 wins. You know, well, who knows? Because I mean, the bullpen has to get through the last three innings. But but if we're if we're solid, you know, I, I think Price will have a good year. <laughs> I don't except against the Yankees probably, but um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on him for the playoffs because I don't want to get off on a tangent on that, but um well, but yeah, I don't know. Just to get back to I, your uh to your Yankees take, don't you think health is an area of concern with that team? Jesus Christ. Can you relax? Um, <laughs> well, you, you look at Aaron Hicks. He's already hurt. 
Um, Severino's already hurt. James Paxton has uh, injury history. I mean, you can even, even though Stan's been healthy the past two years, you, you know, the three, four before that, he's always had injury problems. So I think if there's an area of concern with the Yankees, it's definitely their health. And can they stay healthy? Yeah, I'm not too, too concerned. I mean, I don't think Hicks is a make-or-break guy. Um, the Severino thing's a little concerning, especially where he, he fell off. I mean, he had a, pretty much a similar, you know, trajectory as Sale did last year. Both of them looked like they were going to be heads up for the Cy Young, and then they Sale got hurt, and Severino, you know, really lost his bad. mind. Yeah. yeah. But um, Paxton did start 28 games last year, most of his career, so not too worried there. Uh, Batances has a shoulder impingement, so but that bullpen's pretty deep. I still have to go with the Yankees. I, I do. I, I I hope I'm wrong. I do. I you know, and I hope you guys you know remind me of that. But I, <laughs> if I'm being honest and and you know neutral, I just. I, I think they're – but I'll tell you what, the I think the Astros are probably the team to beat in the American League. So I don't hate that, but who's better in your situation, the Rays or the Red Sox? Because I, th- I personally think the Rays are going to probably win another 85 to 90 games. So what you're, te- that question, did you, Terry? What, what you're telling me in my own mind, because I feel the Rays are that team, a lot of potential, potential, quote unquote. Charlie Moore, um, guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, right. But still, no, they could win games, and they added a few pieces. Are they going to be another ninety-win contender and knock the Red Sox out? Out of your take. It's interesting. I, they added a lot too. You know, I mean, they brought in uh, Avisail Garcia, Charlie Morton. Um, did they bring in a first baseman? I can't remember. They didn't get Encarnacion, did they? No, but Seattle did. Um, yeah, I thought – but they – I mean, they added a ton of guys. Um, they got that prospect out of uh, Cleveland, Yandy Diaz, who <laughs> looks like he's roided up as hell. If you've ever seen a picture yeah, he of does. him. <laughs> he's like – but he only hits like two home runs. He's like – hits like a ballerina apparently. <laughs> but um, but but I mean he he's a higher end prospect and you know he's with them. I'm drawing so many blanks on who the the Rays brought in, but they made some nice sneaky good moves to make them better than what they were last year. And true, absolutely, yeah the the. Pirates trade there, and I think I think they fleeced the Pirates. I'm not an Archer guy at all, <laughs> and uh, I mean him and Stroman are just you know huge disappointments to their respective teams. And um, but I'm with you. I mean, who thought they were going to win in 2008? They were in last place in 07. Mm. So Yandy yeah. Diaz is slated to play first base, according to CBS really? MLB. Huh. Yeah. So, Yandy Diaz at first base, Matt Duffy at third. Just letting you know. All right. I think Matt Duffy's hurt to start, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah, never mind. I see that note. That's why he's Choi is also in the mix. Uh, I mean, in terms of bullpen, though, I, I keep going to this, so I'm, I apologize if everyone's tired of the bullpen. But, I mean, 
in the the best case scenario for the the Red Sox to compete for the AL East and not just assume that we're going to just be competing for an AL wild card, what kind of moves do you anticipate uh, like midseason trades? I would assume for some arms that are going to be impending free agents, like a I don't know. We're not going to make a huge splash because we can't. We can't deal Chavis. We can't deal Dahlbeck. I mean, we need these guys in case we do unload for Mookie because they're going to be cheap. So, I mean, Dabrowski's not afraid to trade prospects, though. That's one thing to keep in mind. uh, If he does that, we're the Detroit Tigers all over again. If he does that, you know. (laughs) But when I when I was doing my show last year, you know, the final you know, a couple of weeks and days leading up to the deadline. I forget the names we were talking about as far as Herrera was mentioned. The, yeah. the Marlins guys and, and, were too. Actually, we're and actually, Herrera, right? the, they, yes, the deal fell apart like around midnight one night. Dombrowski likes to make trades in the middle of the night. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> um, you know, at 3am a tweet comes out, you know, we got Ziggler and all that, but, but what I was what I was telling my guys though was that whatever the move is, it's probably going to be something that we don't see coming. It, all the names we were kicking around, I don't even remember who as far as pitchers, but but I said it's a guy we're not going to see coming, and it was Evaldi, and who saw that coming? So you know what I mean. So that that's going to be the situation. I mean, we'll go back to 2017. Who saw Addison Reed? You know, forty-eight hours before it happened. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a move like that if we're if we're competitive. Now, here's the bad news: twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, we were way out of it by then. Anyway, I mean, so, twenty seventeen, if my memory serves, we were uh, uh, the last the last middle schooler standing at the dance, so to speak. And uh, and Addison Reed is the ugly girl we got ended up with. <laughs> <laughs> you know that at a reasonable cost, at least. I I'm glad we got him because when John Farrell tried to take him out mid count and he couldn't, and his pants just like immediately went to the ground <laughs> uh, on ESPN against the Yankees, I was like, that was worth it all by itself just to get him for that moment. But were you guys Farrell guys or no? Please say no. Um, I was Did to it? start, but not. I mean, it was hard to yeah. not like him in his first year or two, right? But yeah, his. I think I mean, his. I end, think his stick okay. got old pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. Did you the right celebrate? Decision. Did you celebrate or did you cry when he got? Fired? I was happy. Uh, yeah, okay. it was time. Yeah, it was time. Okay, it was definitely time. I fucking. I wanted to go streaking, but I didn't. <laughs> I. But it was. Yeah, I. I call, a, rest right now. <laughs> I call a radio station up here in, in Portland, and I was got so tired of fighting with the host because he was the biggest feral hugger of all time. He has a feral, he has a feral tattoo somewhere on his body. I know he does. Oh but after the Cleveland sweep, I just told him, I said, I'm not calling the show again until he's gone. And I was thinking it'll be you know mid June latest, but it, it went the full year, and then he got fired. And everybody was asking that day, calling in, is has Terry called yet? Has Terry called yet? <laughs> but I, I actually didn't call the first day. I called the second day, but I, I tweeted at him a meme, and it had the, um, the part from Anchorman where Will Ferrell has, uh, 
an erection, you know, with Christina Applegate. <laughs> when he's pitched in the tent, and I, I captioned it, I said, I've been walking around all day just like this. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I felt about it. Do you get uh, WEI up there? Yes. Yeah, I don't get the hub, but I get WEI. And they, but they don't cover baseball. They actually hate baseball. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. For the most part, they don't much anymore. I mean, I'm just I curious. Do you not listen to them much because they're not really that big into baseball? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of a, I, I wasn't a Kirk Minahan guy. You know, maybe you guys were, but I like Mike Mutnansky a lot. I love the Martin Berloni show. That was my favorite show ever. And then when they separated them, I, I was so sad. But yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts now, you know, and, and I mean, just today, I drive a truck during the day, so, you know, I got plenty of time, and I listen to a Brewers podcast, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> you know, so wow. that's that's what I do for content, and, you know, Buster only has a has a podcast every day, I listen to that, but, but uh, yeah, it just seems like the Boston station's got away from baseball, and it's, you know, it's a little disappointing. Our station up here, though, you know, covers it pretty good. They're just knuckleheads, that's all. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. What else we got, Oliver? Um that's all I had on the docket. If we have any uh any other, you know, just wrap up takes or comments or concerns or, you know, shout outs, whatever. Now's any the time to do from, it. From you to us. Uh who the hell are we? Like, what's here? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Like, be a fair well, question to any of us. Well, well, how'd you, how do you guys all know each other? I mean, your audience probably knows that, but did you all go to high school together? Yeah. I did. Yep. Got a first guess. Wow. Yeah. Right. So what are you guys all now? Mid-20s? Early-20s? Yep, yep. yep. mid-20s. Yeah, we're all mid-20s now. Yep. We, we yeah. all went to college together, too, which is – I just realized yeah. that. Oh, yeah. we That's all. Yep. So we high, high school went to URI. So, which one of you guys lost the most lunch money in school? It's hard to lose, lose lunch money when you don't bring any. <laughs> oh. Oh, cold lunch kind of guy. I, yeah. I used to. PB and J every day. Any better. I used to get the shit beat out of me on a daily oh, basis. That's so. fucked. Whoa. We never had what? that shit in our in our high school, honestly. Like, uh, not really. yeah, if really? anything, it was more no. just you know verbal bullying, but nobody like really. You know, no. There was no. There was none of that. Oh man! Every day in gym class in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like only in TV shows. We never had that shit. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it was pretty common. You know, fights, mean? all that. Oh yeah, big bad man. Always been but, uh, Yeah, but like I said, I was a corrections officer for three years, so. <laughs> Every time I broke up a fight and caught an elbow, you know, all those middle school years kind of... <laughs> Flashbacks. Got the rage. <laughs> no, it broke me in, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Second, second guess from Maine, by the way. Like, we got a oh, lot yeah. of Maine. We got, yeah. Who else? Well, you, yeah. were, you were the original. You were the original. You're the OG, Terry. <laughs> we did yeah, a uh, we did a fantasy Cody. baseball podcast last week because we're big fantasy baseball guys. So we had... Uh, Eric Cross from Fantrax on last week, and he he knows his shit about. Uh, he's a big prospects guy, so we okay. got we got to uh, we got a little you know inside scoop on all his knowledge. It was good. It was good. Okay, I was gonna guess you had Cody or uh, Gabe Faulkner on. 
something like that. So the Sox Sphere, guys, if you ever. No, I'll have to yeah. look into that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on those guys personally, no. but you know they are for me. So. <laughs> now, what do you got going on? What's your your schedule like? Do you want to plug your pod, uh, your podcast, and uh, your your content that you're churning out? Because you're churning yeah. out quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, we do two shows a week during the regular season. Usually, the night a series wraps, we'll we'll record and review that one and preview the next series. And uh, you know, that's the Benny and the Bets podcast. It's available everywhere. My Twitter account is at Cushman MLB. A uh, couple uh, new, fairly new co-hosts on uh, uh, Liz Churchville, Stephanie Stephanie Allen, and uh, so that's they've been kind of fun to to work with and. I'm actually, I haven't announced it yet, so maybe your listeners will, um, you know, kind of be the first to know. Uh, but I'm doing a, a new MLB-wide uh, podcast. Uh, that's just going to be once once a week. I'll probably release it on weekends. But I'm planning on having uh, two American League bloggers on and two National League ones. Yeah, just doing like a 10-minute segment with all of them. Oh, you're just, a big uh, podcast name guy. What's it going to be? Do you, or is that... Is that... Oh, it'll still it'll just be like like Benny and the Bats League Wide or okay, something. Right. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the name. Yeah, right. that's a good thing. It's uh, fair. Yeah, cool. Everybody yeah. keeps asking me though, what are you gonna do when Mookie gets traded? Or I was signs just gonna the, ask that. Yeah, signs with the Yankees or whatever. Well, wasn't um, wasn't your podcast originally like the Fire Farrell podcast? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I it, it actually was. Yeah, and I remember to that. Tell you the truth, I I would I should have kept it. I don't know why I I did. Like that would have that would have stood the test of time though. Like you guys must know that guy. His name's Red, and his yeah, Twitter surviving Grady. Answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean Grady Little. I mean that's that's a name that stood the test of time. You know, yeah. most of us oh, know what that I'm means. Pretty, I'm pretty active with him. Actually. I did not realize that, that was. I never the, knew that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the meaning either. Forever. Yeah. That guy is so funny, though. He had this tweet of Rock Holt do like wiggling his hips like a hula yeah. hoop type thing. That's like the coolest thing. Yeah, to- Red Sox Nation. Yeah, one of my favorite parody accounts. It's a Dennis Eckersley one, and this guy literally sits there every time Eckersley calls a game and just waits for the one liners, and then he immediately <laughs> tweets them. And yeah. One of my favorite ones, he's talking about the 1988 World Series when he gives up the, the dinger late. And he goes, he goes, yeah, my teammates used to call me Dennis Upper Deckersley. He's like, that's not a good nickname. That's <laughs> 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 just funny. He's like, I always say that Jerry Remy's like, for the under 40 crowd, which, you know, I'm still under that. Um, he's like our baseball dad, you know, every night and. And Eckersley is like the perfect baseball uncle because he's inappropriate. He'll, he's a positive influence, but he's going to be a little inappropriate, you know, like most uncles. And, you know, I don't know. Boston, I hate Dave O'Brien. He's probably the only real media guy I don't like. Uh, some people say the the hockey guy is a real homer, but I, I don't follow hockey. But we, we've had some really good commentators over the years, Tommy Heinsohn and of course, Don Orsillo. You're and... the Bruins guy for being a homer, but then you say Tommy Heinsohn. I love Tommy. Wrong. <laughs> he, he is a homer. He is a homer. You're right. You're it's right. Like, it's, it's so funny, though. It's just comical at this point. And he's such a legend, so it's like he can say whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah, yeah. And he's like 90, so <laughs> even, 
even more stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Two two quick uh, parody accounts for in terms of like Red Sox related. Uh, I want to shout out uh, back in 2013 during the playoffs. Did Stephen Drew get a hit? That was the funniest one at the time. <laughs> no, no. For, and then it was like yes when he hit that uh, that huge homer. Um, and then Fenway Bird from this past. Oh, Fenway Bird. <laughs> Fenway Bird's dope. <laughs> uh, from that catch with JBJ, we're just like stupid account. Just a picture of the Fenway Bird, just like random tweets that some psycho is just tweeting from. Just <laughs> all bird-related disses on the Yankees and shit like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I enjoy it. I spend way too much time on Twitter. You certainly have a presence, that's for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've maxed out, though. I mean, I, you know, I, I think my ceiling as far as followers is, is what it is. and um, But I still wide, enjoy though. it. If you're going league-wide, if you're going to go with a league-wide podcast and some coverage in that sense. Yeah, you might get a little more. You never yeah. know. Yeah, I might. I mean, hopefully, though, we'll get some retweets from the guys. I got a list of, like, 30 bloggers now that are, you know, willing to come on. So, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll gain some traction. I am trying to make my following as, as league-wide as I can. See, when I trash the Red Sox for, you know, not getting a, a relief arm or whatever, the Yankee fans love that. Like, they love it. <laughs> and you get the... This the cynical Red Sox crowd, which you know, unfortunately, I reside in. They all love it too. So it's kind of like I'm hitting on two different things there sometimes. And self-loathing Red Sox fans. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I try to praise. I'm not going to praise the Yankees really, but I mean, I, I praise the Astros. I mean, the Verlander contract was good. And you saw your tweet earlier. I love Justin Verlander trying to pony up some. Oh yeah. Balls. <laughs> I had another one yesterday, and everybody's like, oh, it's just because of Kate Upton. I'm like, no, I fucking love Verlander. And, I mean, if you follow that guy's Twitter, he's got, like, a Batmobile in his garage. Not really, but it's a fancy car that I've never seen before. And he lives in a mansion. He's got the prettiest wife ever, and he loves baseball. And he wants to play, he, just like Brady says he wants to play into his mid-40s. How can you not love that guy? Yeah. He He has no reason to be... You know, grinding 162 games a year, all those road trips, you know, with, with all that he has outside of baseball. There's no reason for it, but he loves it. Yeah. yeah. I, I Here's a hot take for you. Ooh. I would have taken him in 2016 over Chris Sale. <gasps> I, I'm surprised Dombrowski didn't want to. I mean, that was his guy. But, yeah. Cheap yeah. call. I mean, realistically, that's really <laughs> much for him. He's been he's been healthy. Well, actually, but the Tigers ended up having eight million of his deal, so the Astros had him on a Porcello contract, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kurt Schilling though, thirty-seven when he came to Boston, won two World Series. Everybody forgets about that. He blocked me on Twitter, so he'll never see this. But (laughs) I'm with you. He blocked me too. Did he? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess who, who, Island guy. I've got some thoughts on politics. David Price has blocked me, and uh, kind of wow. weirdly, uh, Will Middlebrooks blocked me. <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I know I don't. I've never tweeted at those guys. I, I might have been tagged into a, a tweet, you know, and maybe that's what got me in trouble. But I probably didn't realize it for weeks or months that either of those guys have blocked me. 
I'll DM him. Yeah. I'll DM him. I played Fortnite with David Price. Oh, did you? I did. So he yeah. and he follows me and Oliver on Twitter. So we'll see. We'll see what's wrong. We're basically all yeah. best friends. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't. Uh, I guarantee he doesn't remember me. One more though. Pete Abraham blocks me once a year and then unblocks me. <laughs> he does that every year. He goes through this crazy blocking spree. And then he'll just yeah. unblock everybody. Yeah, he blocked me once too. Well, Carabas got him good with that G Bob thing. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was hilarious. His his mentions were he was just getting slaughtered every day for like a week straight. They'd be like they'd be like, uh Farrell took Jackie Bradley out in the fifth inning. Isn't that kind of racist, Pete? <laughs> it, was just, it was just shit like that all day. It was like I, I never laughed so hard for a week in my life. Oh, I hate that guy. And someone caught him liking some pornographic thing, and he's like, oh, somebody hacked my account. I'm like, Pete, you're the ugliest motherfucker ever, you know? Of course you're looking at porn. You're not, you're not hooking up with the hot and chicks. All right, yeah. Terry, well, um, thanks for your time. You were more yeah. than generous enough. You gave us a fucking... <laughs> Yeah, about an hour more than we expected. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Okay. Um, that's good stuff, man. I forget we're even recording. I just you know we're yeah. just talking baseball. Just, that's all it is. We're just rolling. Oh, yeah, May, I think. That's yeah, nice. we we, we can, say uh, we say stupid awesome shit all the time. We can pro- we'll, we'll look to regroup maybe around the All Star break and see how things are going then. Yeah, um, sure. It's always a good time having you on, whether we agree or disagree. All right? right? Oh, are you? Are you, are you Oliver? No, I'm not muted. No, I can't hear you. I, I can read your I lips, hear. though. Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, I can't hear him. Yeah. Again, thanks. Sorry, Oliver. Yeah, well, it was my pleasure, and uh, whatever you need retweeted, just DM it to me. I'll click it, retweet it, you know, whatever you want. It's going to be just a Fajoria photo. That's all yeah. we need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll praise uh, the Pedroia photo. Retweet. One retweet equals uh, one uh, Dustin Pedroia fan. I'm going to have to write retweet does not equal endorsement or whatever. Do you go to Sea Dogs games ever? I'm extremely embarrassed to say this, and I sh- should probably turn in my Sox card, but I haven't been there since like 2004. No way. How come? I uh, I just. I've thought about it more the last couple of years, especially when like Ben and kind of went through there for like the week that he did or whatever. But, um, and then you get some guys doing rehab starts and I'm like, man, I, I ought to go. It's cheap as hell. But I'm like, you know, Sale is pitching tonight or, Oh, price is pitching against the Yankees. He's going to get murdered. Can't miss that. <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, I, I always find a reason to not go basically. Well, we're thinking about making a trip up this summer. So, oh well, you gotta. I'll go then. You oh, just tell nice. me. Nice, that'd be cool. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be at I'll be at Fenway for sure on uh, July fourteenth for the Dodgers game Sunday oh, nice. night. Oh, I think yeah. I might be there too. Actually, I will go to that Dodgers. If it's Kershaw pitching, I'm going. I mean, I can, oh, I he'll be on the. <laughs> he'll be on the DL by then. He's got I back know. problems. <laughs> Yeah, Sale, Sale will be on the DL too, though. Oh, and Pedroia, Pedroia, yeah, Pedroia. 
They already have 25 home runs at that point of the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night, guys. All right. Thanks Thank again, Terry. That was our interview with the one and only Terry Cushman, the Cushman Cushmeister. Uh, it was fun. Like first time we had him on, it was a fun time. Second, this time was also fun. He gave us fucking way too much time, if you ask me. So this episode is long as fuck. Um. So, but before we wrap it up, we want to get Steve's sleeper teams. So, Steve Scott, you got any sleeper teams in the MLB? Sure. God bless anyone that listens to this. If you listen to this, uh, text me and I'll give you a dollar. And <laughs> no one tell anybody that that is in this, meaning you three guys. Don't say that. If anybody fucking hears that, I'll give you a dollar. Um,. Sleeper team, I'm going to say the Diamondbacks. I think uh, they're worse off than they were, but they're not that bad. I think they're, they're going to be all right. bad, but anyways. <laughs> oh, that's a hot take. They're, they're pretty bad. They, I mean, they traded Goldie, but and Pollock's gone, but I don't, I don't count them out. I think they're, they're not going to be horrific, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but <laughs> they're going to be okay. So you're talking yourself out of the sleeper team. Okay. They're a terrible team, but I love them. All right. Uh, okay. They're going to be pretty good. I think the Mariners are going to be all right. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, I think the Tigers might be okay, too. So there you go. Some wild takes. All right. Um, Miggy Resurgence, is that where the Tigers won? Yeah, sure. Miggy, uh, Oliver's buddy, Kristen Stewart. Uh, not the guy from the girl from Twilight. Salad. Yep. Heimer Candelario. But, but besides for the fact you can't name one starting pitcher or any other bullpen pieces, they got a chance. Who, Tigers? Um, dude, Daniel Norris, ever heard of him? Or, uh... <laughs> Matthew Boyd, bro. You guys want to rag on Petroya for his health? Daniel Norris, the poor guy. Not even fair. He had, like, serious months. I mean, he's been banged up his entire career. Didn't he, like, have, like, a serious, like, health issue? I'm sorry, I can't hand you through this freaking wind tunnel. <laughs> it's not me! Hear me speak later. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny. Mine's way out here. Podcast is full of heavy, just heavy breathers. Too many takes. Too many breaths. By the way, did you see Rick Porcello get a liner off the head and the ball went in the outfield? Yeah, and he just yeah. got right back up. Oh my lord! Fucking savage. Wait, was that tonight or last night? That was just Did that I? was during our interview with Terry. Um, okay. Before we finish, though. Mm-hmm. What? Wait. What? Big take. Shannon is picking Samuel Tarley to own the Iron Throne. No, that's not. No, that's me. It's a Shannon. That is no, no, I wrote her name. Okay. It, no, right. no, that's me. That's Sorry, me all the way. Thrones chatter. That is wild, Josh. That is the biggest take we've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. That just dude. made my jaw drop. That's crazy. You know what, Oliver? Hot take. You're gonna have to live with the fact that you didn't watch Game of Thrones for the rest of your life, and you're gonna. It's you know what? With your personality, it's it's just gonna get deeper and deeper of a, a, a hatred for Game of Thrones. You'll never flip. Cheer, that's my hot take. Cheers to that, mate. <laughs> You're like I hate it so much. Um, 
Okay, last thing before we call it call it a week. Red Sox, obviously, MLB opening day on Thursday. What are now? We got Terry's expectations for the Red Sox. Just quickly, each of you, who's winning the division? In the Red AL Sox. The, Red Sox. Do. Red Sox. Confidently, I say that. Okay. Anyone else? Any, any, yeah, anybody else? I was totally tweeting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, I'll go. Um, in terms of division projections, Josh, uh, for AL East, um, I think, I don't know, I, I'm a big guy in terms of defending champ until you lose it. I'll, I'll assume they're going to they're gonna win, but I think it's going to be very tight. I, I would not say definitively, you know. I think it's going to be within three or three to five games, even less than that, probably like three, three games. Yankees will be right there. I mean, I totally agree. I'm afraid. They're nasty. They totally are. agree. I think the – I mean, I'm still very confident in the Rays. So, like, if the Red Sox don't win 100 games and the Yankees don't win 100 games, I think it's, like, five, six games between those three teams, for me, anyway, because I'm that pretty confident in the Rays. They scare me almost more than the Yankees do because – I am not confident in Aaron Boone's managing, and uh, kind of like, kind of like the coach in me, just just doesn't feel right about Boone. That'd be kind of interesting if, like, I agree. The Sox and Yankees both take a little step back, and the Rays take that little step up, and they're both all three of them are settling at like ninety five, ninety six wins. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, that. I think it could happen. Honestly, I just um, I, I struggle. The Yankees won hundred games last year. They they did get better. It's going to be tough. I they probably yeah. arguably the best lineup in the league, I would say. The, up them and the Astros are probably right now. Obviously up there, right, they're top three. What's yeah. the, what scares me more than the Yankees? You know, team right now. Obviously, the Yankees have a very good team. The Red Sox have a very good team. But what scares me is that the Yankees have the flexibility to make bigger moves in at the trade deadline. They have the pieces to go out and go over the top and get somebody. That is going to happen, and that's when I'll probably start to get actually worried. Like what? Like Javier Baez? No, because I don't think the Cubs will be selling. But um, yeah, like who are you referring to, though? I mean, any pending free agents that are coming to mind? Jose Abreu, I guess. That would be an interesting one. That would be an interesting one. Um, I'm just looking at the teams off the top of my head. The Marlins don't really have anybody to sell. Um. The Pirates could sell, like, Felipe Vasquez if one of their – like, maybe Batantis gets hurt and they want another arm. They go after Felipe Vasquez. That'd be interesting. Hot take. He'll be on the Red Sox before the end of June. Okay. Whoa. A month Which before one? the That's deadline. Or, like, uh, I don't – not no other names really pop out at this second, but – um, yeah, because like Rendon, like I don't think they're going to be shopping. Him. I, yeah, I, think, I don't think the Nationals then, are going to be selling at all. Honestly, um, I'm just trying to look through all the potential free agent okay, guys. Okay. Ozuna, Marcelo Ozuna. That'd probably not. They don't but, really need more for their outfield, I guess. Right. It's tough because they have such a good team. It's like, it, what did they'll they probably need? go and get like another depth starter. Um, yes. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. Just like I said, looking at these teams. Um, what about Madbum? Madbum would be interesting. I think Cole Hamels is an impending free agent. He is. So maybe if the Cubs are in the middle of the road and they want to get some prospects back, that might be a fit. 
Um, we'll throw out Corey Kluber. He could be in the mix Kluber, as well. That'd be cool. Maybe even Zach Greinke if they want to take on the contract, which I doubt they do. But that could be a name. I don't know. That that's what scares me though is that the Yankees have the farm system right now that they can afford to you know trade a uh, Clint Frazier even though his value's not where it once was, but they can yeah, get something I mean, for him. A lot of those guys are melting in their hands though. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, they gotta move them or lose them. We've seen that before. Point. Yeah, we've, seen we've that. been there. Hey, Fucking Will Middlebrook's routine for Clint Frazier right now. Yep, Hank Hank El- Hank Owens. True. Um, all right. I personally think that you know I'm holding true. You know, Red Sox obviously the the lineup's still there, the rotation's still there. Plus, an Evaldi this year instead of you know that rotational fifth guy they had basically all of last year. Um, but the bullpen obviously takes a step back. You lose one of the best closures in baseball. It's kind of hard to replace. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see them being like 15 games worse. I still think they can win 100 games. Uh, so I have them, I think I have them right around there, maybe like 99 to 102 in that range. But and I think they can win it all uh, again, obviously. So the Astros, like you said, formidable. Yankees, formidable. It's going to be those top three teams and then probably the Indians again. I don't see another scenario, honestly. The fifth wild card team will be interesting. Or the fifth playoff team, the second wild card team, I should say. Okay, with that. Do we have any final big takes before we call it a week? One last one. Aaron Boone fired before August. Ooh, that's kind of spicy. Ooh, that's, that is very spicy, Steve. I, I like think, it. I think the Yankees start, like, fucking up, and things might not even be his fault. Like, someone gets hurt, blah, blah, blah. And then Joe Durant back. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Or somebody steps in, and and then, then I'd be scared. But Aaron Boone is just a shithead. And I'm just – I think that he – I think the Yankees fans are going to get sick of him fast. I know Sosa doesn't like him. He's a resident Yankee fan of our uh, fantasy baseball group. I mean, I think he's got a short leash. Even with that that talent on that team, he gets fucking chopped if they fuck up. Okay. So I like the big take. Um, okay. The Red Sox play the Manners starting on Thursday. We will be active as fuck all week and weekend on the Twitter it's MLB opening weekend, uh, opening days Thursday. It'll be a glorious day. Um, spring is here. Summer's closer th- closer than you think. Baseball season is here. Rejoice, enjoy it. Um, what you with some more predictions on Twitter and whatnot? Yeah, like yeah, we'll be firing up the Twitter machine all weekend. Ooh. It will I'll be doing be... some betting predictions too. Actually, fun fact. From my Miguel Trilligan account, I had a guy with like 4,000 followers DM me asking me who I was taking the other day for uh, college basketball picks. Oh, here we go. Wow. Isn't that, isn't hey. that I was like, what? Sorry, you're hmm. the wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we will call it quits. We'll see you next week when the Red Sox are 4 0. And, uh, all right, who's the star of the weekend? Red Sox star of the weekend. Quick. Uh, Texas Tech. <laughs> I forgot about March Madness. We'll give a bracket update next week. Okay. <laughs> next week when it's the final four? Yeah, oh. it's a pretty lame first week, and let's be honest. Oh, please. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick update on that. Who's leading it? I don't know, honestly. Who is? It's him. Um, it's your boy. Whatever. Sorry, sorry. Uh, for a t shirt. Not fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for. If you 
somehow made it this far. Thanks. This is the longest pot ever, isn't it? This is the longest pot ever. Easily. Not even close. Hey, that's got to be the name. All right, the longest pot ever. Mm-hmm. Book it. Later. See ya. Good night, friends. Later.